And now, opinion and discussion about whatever suits them. This is the Tim Harvey Show. Uh, I'm Timothy Harvey, and this is Classic Stuff, Tim Harvey Show. Um, I'm not sure about the name, but it is what it is. Uh, hi, uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am one of uh, half of H2O, um, probably the original podcast for SciFiForMe.com and Sci-Fi For Me Radio, which I did with Jason Hunt, who of course founded the site. Uh, H2O is on hiatus for a while as, as Jason turns more to the production side of things and teaches other people how to be more in the production side of things, which means I'm out here on my own, all by myself. It's very sad. No. Um, <laughs> I also have the good fortune to be part of um, what we call Team Zombie here uh, with Dustin Adair, um, Mindy Inlow, and Curtis Smith, who are uh, where we do The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. We actually got our start uh, with that well before the podcast stage of, of Sci-Fi for Me, where Dustin and I used to write reviews uh, in the old-fashioned text form uh, for uh, The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. So this is something that I've been involved with for quite a while, and Jason came to me fairly early on in the sci-fi for me adventure and said, hey, you want to come do this? And I said, sure. And of course, H2O came out of the fact that Jason and I would sit around and talk and argue about genre stuff all the time. And of course, it's like, well, hey, we're already doing this. Why don't we record it? Maybe somebody else will be entertained by our discussions. So one of the things that I run into as I've been doing this is my day gig changed about three years ago. And I went from someone who was able to contribute to the site on a regular basis with written reviews, movie reviews, television, um, and I just didn't have the time anymore. Unfortunately, my, my day gig starts very, very early in the morning, and, which means I'm cramming my entire life uh, into very short hours at night and the weekends, which mixed bag on, on success on that. So one of the things that I wanted to do, since we, we've somehow always managed to find time to record podcasts, Squeeze that in. It's 30 minutes here, it's an hour there. It's something that we're able to do uh, pretty consistently, uh, no matter what the topic is. Dustin and I have been able to do extra uh, Zompocalypse Now episodes. Jason and I were doing weekly H2Os for a long time. So I figured, hey, why don't I, why don't I try and do something that's sort of a spin-off of Zompocalypse Now? Because there's a lot of horror show, television shows and a lot of horror films we weren't actually covering. Um, so maybe, maybe a spin-off kind of thing. Well, here I am. It's my own thing. Now, this is going to be a format that's going to shift quite a bit over time, I think. Um, we already have, potentially, at least one interview lined up, and hopefully a live guest. Uh, if all goes well, Jeff East, who you may know from the first Superman film, will be joining us. Uh, Jeff is somebody that uh, Jason and I had the good fortune to work with on a film we made several years back called The Statement of Randolph Carter. Uh, and uh, which Jeff East and Tom Kane were kind enough to, to act in for us. And of course, you know Tom Kane's voice from everything all over this site. If we're at something with audio, odds are good Tom Kane's voice is there. But I also want to have this be the kind of the freeform kind of thing that it could be a little bit of anything. Um, if you are watching this on Twitch, which over here, what you can't see if you're actually watching this live is the technology happening, there's actually a place for you to make comments. There's a place for you to interact with us live, and if you want to, 
hey, I'd love to have your feedback. I'd love to have questions. That'd be fantastic. Uh, I'm going to cover a lot of different things over the course of this on show ongoing, this particular show. I'm not sure <laughs> I'm going to vamp for 30 minutes. But <clears throat> any kind of feedback that we have, this is something we've always asked for, whether it's been comments on our articles or uh, emails or any kind of feedback that we can get from you. And if we can make it a discussion and maybe a debate about whatever topic we're covering, that's all the, for the better. Quite frankly, I'd love to have this be a in, very interactive kind of thing. Now, for those of you who are listening to this on one of our podcasts, not so much something you can interact with in real time, but again, certainly comments and questions and that sort of thing are always welcome. Um, I also have some thoughts about maybe doing some things that we've talked about outside of this particular podcast. We've talked about adding more of a fiction component to the, to the site. Uh, there's a lot of our writers who are writers, a lot of our writers who are actors, um, filmmakers, people who are involved in the arts in a lot of different ways. And it would be really kind of cool if we could actually do maybe a live script reading or something, or perhaps even do um, some sort of, uh, oh, I don't know, live performance that actually is more than just a script reading, actually just maybe actual something that we put out into the world. Um, I am a big podcast listener. I spend a significant chunk of my day in a car, driving back, of course, back and forth across Kansas City. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Not just our own. Uh, I listen to other people's as well. And there are certainly ones I would like to recommend and, and uh, support and endorse. And share with you, because, of course, this all comes down to what it's always been, which is interacting with fans, sharing the things that we love about fandom, the things we don't like about fandom. Um, there is, if you've paid, if you've tuned into Jason and I doing H2O, you know that there is a lot of things out there in the world of fandom and in the larger just world of science fiction, horror, and fantasy that are not always the nicest things in the world. There's a lot of things to celebrate. There's things to criticize, and it's a neat opportunity for us as fans always to be able to interact with each other and talk about that sort of thing. So again, if there's something that you want to talk about, I'd love to hear about it. If there's something you want to engage us with, if you can do it through Twitch and do it live, fantastic. If you can, uh, if you want to, you know, email us or, or put comments on our website, sci-fi-for-me.com, which I presume you know because you're here, one would think. Um, but uh, yeah, it's this is something that's going to evolve over time. I don't expect it to be anything that is consistent from week to week outside of just the idea of connecting with folks and talking about interesting things. Um, so, that being said, <clears throat> I've had the good fortune, or the realities of my job do require me to sit, into, sit in a car and, and listen and be by myself for most of the day. My day gig is in medical transportation. If someone has a surgery done and something comes out of them, odds are pretty good that I carry it to the main pathology labs here in Kansas City. It's a job. Uh, it pays well. The health insurance is good. It does mean I'm in the car for a lot of the time, um, and basically for nine hours a day, I basically have about an hour and a half that I am outside of my car running around, well, maybe two hours. But for the most part, I'm in my car, I'm listening to things. So I'm listening to a lot of different podcasts. I'm listening to a lot of the different audiobooks. What we'll start off here tonight for the very first one of these is there are a couple of podcasts that one has just gone on hiatus. 
um, and I believe it's coming back for a uh, full season next year. But there's also one that is coming back in about a month, I think, that is going to be coming back for a six-episode short season and wrapping the stories up. And those are The Black Tapes and Tannis. Now, what's interesting about podcast, fiction podcasts, is that they sort of exploded a few years ago in a way that was really, really fascinating for those of us who grew up in the 70s and 80s where radio entertainment basically was going away. And the days where we would be listening to, you could, uh, well, you could listen to Star Wars on NPR, you know, the actual the, the audio version of Star Wars with different people playing a lot of the parts, but some of the original cast are involved. But the age of storytelling on radio had kind of gone away because, of course, the explosion of cable. There was always, you know, video killed the radio star uh, in many ways, the explosion of cable vision and that just wide range of options when it came to entertainment basically kind of for a while, made it really, really rare to come across good audio entertainment that was short form. You'd have audiobooks, you'd have a lot of things. You know, audiobooks have been around for a really long time. Audio versions of things. Uh, everyone, you know, the, for the, everyone who really, really enjoyed um, the, the trailer for... Oh, for heaven's sakes. Help me out here, guys. Um... No, um, so I'm thinking of every everything but Swiftly Tilting Planet, Madeline Langles. Wrinkle in Time. Hmm? Wrinkle in Time. Wrinkle in Time. Oh my God. I'm 47 years old. Things are dying in my brain. I can feel all already. Anyway, yes, A Wrinkle in Time. For those of you who really enjoyed the trailer and got excited about the trailer, I have very, very clear memories of being a child and listening to the record version of. A Wrinkle in Time, and I, I mean, I can remember the voices. That stuff sticks with you. Um, those noises you're hearing, you might be hearing in the background, I'm not sure if you can hear this, but there's uh, dogs running about and cats meowing, and it's the sci-fi for me, Menagerie. Christopher Pike will wander by. Um, little Star Trek joke there for you. But what's been very, very interesting in the last several years, and I... I don't think I can say that Welcome to Nightville was the first of them, but it was really one of the more influential ones when it came to fiction podcasts popping up and somehow managing to capture that, whatever it is. And if you go and read anybody's blogs who write about these things, the folks who create this stuff, they will tell you they have no idea how they got famous. They have no idea how this podcast became successful or this one didn't. And there are a lot of really interesting fiction podcasts. Now, I can tell you why I like certain things, but of course, that doesn't mean necessarily those things are going to be particularly famous. So that's been a very interesting, um, like anything else, you might find that genre author that you really, really like and nobody else seems to ever be reading. Um, but you are always looking forward to that story coming out. Um, Welcome to Nightville, of course, really managed to pop open a very audience-intense fandom. Uh, they end up doing touring shows and live shows, and they, you know, they're publishing books. 
uh, not you know the second the second uh, Welcome to Night Vale novel is coming out uh, really quick here, and so it's it's that kind of interesting dynamic with with the fans that we get excited about something where it's all the, the a significant chunk of what's happening is happening in your head. You're listening to whatever they're doing, but you of course your imagination is filling in the special effects and doing all the cool stuff. So the change in that sort of coming back, that sort of audio side of storytelling and short form storytelling is something that has been really, really gratifying for, for somebody like me. Because I grew up in a house where my dad played me, my dad raised me on the Beatles and Three Dog Night and Pink Floyd and old style country music back when it was storytelling music. And this stuff kind of obviously cemented what I enjoy in music. My first concert was Pink Floyd, which kind of ruins every other show <laughs> ever since. Um, but that's sort of that audio, that audio storytelling um, has been something that's been part of my, what I enjoy since I was a small child. So um, there are a couple different podcasts. I'll just touch on a couple here tonight. Uh, first one is The Black Tapes. And the interesting thing about The Black Tapes is that it is a horror podcast, uh, kind of a horror science fiction podcast. And audio horror is very, it's audio horror is like theatric, theater horror. It's kind of hard to do by, there, well there are certain restrictions just by the format. So, so if you're doing, uh, our friend Curtis Smith is looking to do a staged reading in about a month where it's a horror script he's working on. And it's going to be a theatrical piece, you know, actually live in a theater. And his question is, can I make this work? Because just the format of theater is, it, it makes it that much more of a challenge to actually do something that's legitimately scary in the horror genre. You can do dramas, uh, you can do thrillers to some degree on, on the stage, certainly. But horror has got a certain tone and you know it, it's it's an interesting exercise that he's really excited about doing. Audio has the same thing because you can you have certain limitations um, in the fact that you don't have any visuals. You aren't you, as as a storyteller, you can't control the visuals in the head of your audience. The good news is is that they are using their own imaginations. So if you built the right soundscape, if you've got the right story and the right performers and the right editing, you can actually build a, an environment that if you know how to use tension. And that's the great thing about audio is that when it comes to something like horror, you have a certain necessity of using the really undervalued, in terms of a lot of horror films these days, sense of tension. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of good things about the new It adaptation. I haven't seen it yet. Um, where they actually do allow tension to be a thing. And I've maintained for years that one of the reasons that the first Halloween film will always be one of the scariest films ever made is that 90% of that film is tension. There's very little blood in the first Halloween film, but there's a whole lot of you going, what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to, oh God! And it works really, really well for that reason. And a lot of modern horror filmmakers seem to think that the jump scare is a substitute for tension. 
and they're wrong uh, because jump scares have their place, but there's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, um, this, might, this may turn into a, a topic on another show where I can go on a 30-minute rant about the concept of the PG-13 horror film, um, which is, I'm pretty sure, an abomination. Uh, possibly blasphemous. Certainly wrong. So, um, the folks who created the black tapes, the black tapes was the first of, of currently there are three stories in the, in the black tapes universe. And the first one was the black tapes, the second one was called Tannis, the third one was Rabbits. And I think Rabbits is a, uh, they did one, it's a one and done season, that just finished. But the Black Tapes and Tannis both share several of the same characters. Um, it is a um, what used to be a public radio program that has become a podcast. Um, there's the Black Tapes is the name of a podcast uh, about a podcast called the Black Tapes. Uh, Tannis is the name of a podcast about a podcast called Tannis. And the, of course, the conceit of them is that they're in the real world. These are things that are actually happening. These are real people who used to work for public radio, have their own thing now, and they are exploring these stories and trying to find answers in things that don't readily want to supply those answers. So the Black Tapes is basically, think, think um, the X-Files with a with a very curious mix of the Scaldi Muller characters, kind of blurred with both characters. Um, the basic premise is, is that this young woman, Alex Regan, uh, goes out and connects with a, um, oh, a paranormal researcher named Dr. Richard Strand, and he had sort of a very public persona at one point, he's got his own institute, and she discovers that he has a room full of tapes of events that he can't explain. He's a skeptic. He goes out there and he debunks the stuff. And these are the infamous black tapes. These are the things he can't explain, he can't justify. He can't sit there and go, this isn't, you know, it's, it's this, this, and this. Uh, this, of course, becomes a thing that she's really interested in. What the creators of this show have managed to do is not tell you who the actors are. They completely run with the conceit that these are actually, you know, real people doing real things, no matter how ridiculous things can get in terms of, you know, if you do not stare directly at the premise too hard. But for the most part, um, it works pretty well. And if you happen to be someone who avidly listens to podcasts, some of the voices... You might recognize a few of them, uh, but uh, the, you know the, again the premise is very very interesting. It enables them to tell a lot of different kinds of stories. And it's a balancing act for the show because while there is a great deal of obviously dealing with the tapes themselves and investigating them and trying to find what the answers are. Um, uh, Strand is very much the person who's going to go, there's an explanation for this, I just haven't figured it out yet. And um, Alex is very much someone who's going, um, this is very scary, and this, is, this must be real. 
but it's also a character study of both of them because both of them are fully fleshed out characters that have real issues and real backstories and they do a really fantastic job of building those characters into somebody that you are interested in listening to on top of the fact that the stories about the tapes themselves can be very, very entertaining and kind of creepy. Uh, you're, given your value of what you find scary, um, it's a pretty chilling podcast um, in terms of just, they do, they've, they've built a mythology for the show uh, that holds together really, really well. In fact, I think it probably holds together than certain chunks of the X-Files ever did. But a lot of storytellers, of course, have learned from the the X-Files broke a lot of new ground and was a show that I think a lot of us were very religious and watching every week. But they certainly had their share of misfires. And I think a lot of storytellers learned, don't do that. Don't. that story, we're not doing that storyline ever again. Um, so, but it's interesting. And, and what they managed to do is spin off or, or create a second show uh, where the main character... Uh, is the producer of the black tapes. The, the guy who's actually producing it um, is a guy named uh, Nick Silver. And he's, uh, he appears as a character in the black tapes, but he also is the main character in Tannis. Now, they are very different shows, and where one is sort of, like I said, it's sort of an X-Files horror adventure between, you know, a two-person two dynamic. Tannis is, starts off very esoteric. The, um, Nick wants to find something that's mysterious. The age of the internet has taken the mystery out. The fact that you can find an answer to something right or wrong, but you can find an answer within seconds, um, feels as lost that sense of adventure and discovery that we've had for a significant chunk of human history. And there is this myth of this place or region or concept or possibly individual or um, entity called Tannis that he starts to track and through the course of which finds himself dealing with things that are um, as much mental horror as anything else. Um, a significant chunk of, at the, well, okay, eh, no, see, here's where they get into spoiler territory. I'm afraid to sit there uh, to let you, has, a lot of the horror in um, Tannis is psychological and dealing with the effects of this sort of thing on individuals and, and Nick in particular. Uh, there is a, um, a character that shows up on um, probably I think the first I think it's in the first episode of Tannis uh, a information specialist not a hacker uh, very very uh, insistent that she is not a hacker called Mere Catnip and uh, she is a character who shows up initially purely through Skype and audio messages and things like that that he, he hears and, and watches who ended up being kind of a breakout character in terms of she's crass and sardonic and smarter than everybody else in the room and certainly very, very entertaining. Both of these shows tend to have a certain amount of crossover in terms of characters. The storylines don't cross over. Um, the 
if you, it's one of those things again where if you stare directly at the two of them, you're going to have problems because Tannis and uh, uh, the black tapes kind of contradict each other a little bit. If you were to try and lie them, the timelines up side by side, you're not going to get too far in terms of making it all work. But they also manage to be things that are very, very entertaining. And for somebody like me who enjoys a good story and good story arcs, um, Jason and I talked about all the time on H2O that one of the things that we saw in the 90s and of course carries on today is the the move away from episodic television in, in genre television especially. Certainly you still get it in comedies, but episodic television moved away from, uh, genre television moved away from episodic television and moved into story arcs. And it was a rough transition. Uh, certain shows that really pioneered that in the genre world didn't, didn't get a lot of support from the, the networks that were carrying them. Farscape should have been two more seasons long at least than it was, but the Sci-Fi Channel didn't know what to, didn't know how to deal with something that was going to be, you know, a season was an entire story arc. But while you can certainly find, and I'll have other recommendations for those as well, certainly find episodic podcasts where every episode is a different thing, the, the long build, the long form storytelling of shows like Tennis and The Black Tapes really gives a writer and a storyteller and a cast a chance to really spread something up uh, and give you a really strong story that takes time to build. Um, hey! <laughs> oh my. So we have a chat room uh, and of course, oh uh, my. So it says it's Tim Harvey from Heightwise and Brimstone Brimstone XO, well, it's not Paul Harvey. No, we are not related, by the way, for those of you who are wondering. Paul Harvey, that's not Paul Harvey's real name. Um, he, uh, that's, his, that's his stage name. Um, Heightwise says that it's, I have it on good authority that it's also not a giant rabbit named Harvey. This is not something you can prove. Um, this could be a flesh shoot, and I could be, re be uh, controlled from a remote distance, and I could be, in fact, a giant rabbit named Harvey. Or an invisible rabbit named Harvey. Um, we have reached the point, by the way, for those of you who are of a certain age, you're going to get that. And then there's a significant chunk of humanity which is not going to get that. Um, because pukas are not giant invisible rabbits, just so you know. Um, he's also not Tim the Enchanter. Again, we can't be sure about that. I am not, however, Bruce, I am not Bruce Tim. Um, if you uh, see Jason's review of the latest DC animated picture I'm at this particular time, as he's choking over there. I am ha I'm glad to not be Bruce Tim because uh, while I guess I will have to watch it at some point, I'm not enthusiastic about it. And I'm the guy who has defended some of the more adult titles of DC's animated universe, but this does not sound like uh, one I'm going to defend all too much. So. <laughs> Jason's dying over here, guys. If Jason dies... Uh, Mindy gets all his stuff. <laughs> okay, Mindy is over here choking. And, uh, yeah, so um, if they both die, uh, I'm going to turn off the lights and quietly leave the house and deny everything. So... 
yeah. So, uh, thank you guys for the feedback. That's great. And I get the cats. Well, okay. So, they're not our, they're not my cats, and I can't take my I can't take them with me. Well, no, they're, they're not Jason's cats either. Uh, they are visiting. But, well, I guess I'd have to take the cats because otherwise they'd eat you guys. And. <laughs> the two Pomeranians. <laughs> Pomeranians and Superman Returns. Yes. <laughs> well, I could take the cats home with me, and I could, we could, I could, I could foster them there. Um, but then again, I have to explain how I took the cats and didn't say anything about the dead bodies in the house, which is generally frowned upon. The authorities do get all grouchy when you don't report the dead bodies in the house. Um, but then I have my own little horror podcast, and uh, <laughs> and you know it, one of the things, like I said, uh, I would actually like to do something along that lines for here. And we've talked about Jason and I have talked about this before, which is we've got this fiction side of things. We have a lot of very talented writers um, who are. We talk about it a lot, and we don't do it, or we haven't done it yet, more accurately. We have a couple of different things we've talked about that have not quite made it off the ground or still in, or in early stages of discussion. But again, this show hopefully will give us a certain amount of flexibility and be able to maybe have something that's more than just me babbling, because there are times I don't want to hear my own voice. I'm sure that you don't want to hear it either. And <laughs> Okay. You're the one who named the show, Mr. Hunt. I'm, I'm going to make a sounder. A little sounder to fire off. Uh, as, well, as long as it ends with... Sky! <laughs> uh, if you folks listen to our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, I still want to have... I still want my you know, death scene with Sky. Although, interestingly enough... Um, uh, with with the uh, the arrival of Inhumans, um, I have this horrible feeling that that Marvel's about to shoot itself in the head when it comes to one of its properties. It's really unfortunate. Um, I my enthusiasm for Inhumans is. I think the word I'm looking for is non-existent. I like the comic book. It's actually a really well-done comic book. And they're interesting characters, but um, I'm more excited about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming out, and I'm more exciting about, excited about The Gifted, and I'm more excited about Cloak and Dagger. And I'm not that excited about Cloak and Dagger. Um, I'm Hopefully will be. Um, there's a lot of... There's so much genre entertainment on right now that we've always had this debate whether we are, how much we can cover. Uh, realistically and not just be overwhelmed and that's something that, that um, one hopes that we'll be able to cover a little bit more I would love you know again just talking about stuff in the future uh, I'd love to do a show that just talks about the, this last season of Winona Earp I used to write reviews for Winona Earp uh, the first season and for a show that I really had no expectations for I ended up becoming a huge fan of that show and the second season was also really really good uh, there's more and more. I mean, we are. I don't, I don't think any of us are reviewing Outcast right now. Uh, 
Um, we're not doing. I mean, there's so many. There's so many different shows. Carrie, Carrie is doing American Horror Story. Right, the new season. That's, that's starting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, uh, I, I watched the first season of American Horror Story, and uh, it's one of those shows that, oddly enough, as crazy as it is, and as much as, much as people, their fans love it, just not a show I was able to get into. But then again, you know, shows like Winona Earp, shows like Outcast, um, the uh, the drama that has become the behind the scenes of The Walking Dead. Uh, basically, everybody involved in the produce in the producing side of The Walking Dead is basically suing AMC. It's kind of insane, but uh, yeah. So hopefully, we'll be able to, to touch more on this sort of thing. In fact, uh, well, I would imagine over the next couple of weeks, I'll I'll do a deep dive into Winona Earp. And for those of you who haven't haven't seen it, get you you know, I would say check it out. But we can also uh, uh, catch you up and 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 bring you up to speed of what they're planning on doing, at least for the next season. And they're. Uh, uh, the wonderful world of Twitter, for those of you who actually enjoy Twitter, um, they are, the, this cast and crew of that show are very, very interactive with their fans, which is always cool. Um, so something that, uh, uh, one of the few positives, I think, that, that Twitter brings, I'm not a huge Twitter fan, I'm sorry, but um, the ability to connect with fans and have real-time interaction is really, really cool for a lot of, a lot of creators and, and performers. So again, you know, if we are here... He said, "This show is going to sort of evolve into a into a, a wide range of things, I'm sure. But we do want to hear from you. Uh, the interaction we've gotten. The first season was awful. Give another season a shot. Oh, for for uh, American Horror Story. Okay. Well, I'll I'll give a tentative. I'll say a tentative yes to that. Um, the uh, I heard actually good heard good things about last season." But, uh, like I said, haven't seen anything since then. But uh, I'm always open for recommendations, guys. I mean, honestly, uh, every, anything you want to talk to, talk about, we can talk about. I mean, this sort of thing where we have this sort of live feedback, I would love that. I'd love this to be a conversation. Uh, and, again, I'd love this to be a debate. If there's something that we, we are more than happy to argue with somebody about something that we believe in, uh, especially when it comes to great stories and fantastic performers and things like that, the... the the interaction with the great thing about science fiction, fantasy, and horror fans, I don't think we can say this enough, is that unlike a lot of other genres, the interaction that large groups of fans have with each other, sure, there are mystery conventions, and there are romance conventions, and there are, you know, historical fiction conventions, all these different things. There's, all, there's a fandom for everything. But science fiction, fantasy, and horror fans, comic book fans, um, we, you know, Comic-Con, period, anything Comic-Con. I mean, just pick, you know, there's, these things happen all over the world. Uh, we interact with each other online. The world, the, the gigantic world of fanzines in the 70s and 80s. The explosion of connectivity that we've had with the, uh, with the internet and social media has made it really possible for fans to connect in a way that um, simply wasn't possible before, but also to really build these giant communities. So, you know, feedback and, and you know, feel free to yell at me or, or say nice things. Convention, oh wow, our convention list just, had, just hit a thousand. Okay, so there you go, a thousand conventions. 
you know, fandom wouldn't have fandom wouldn't have uh, that kind of impact if we weren't talking to each other. So, any event, um, how long have I been? About forty minutes. About forty minutes. All right, I've gone over. Because you didn't. You didn't I push the button. I didn't put. I didn't push the button on the timer tonight. So I'm looking to do about thirty minutes or thirty-five minutes or, or so on something like this. You could do it an hour. I could. We could. We could. I'm probably not going to do that tonight because I'm sort of. This was kind of the. I am kind of winging it tonight. Um, but mostly I did just want to sit there and talk about what I want to do with this. And the important part of what I want to do with this is that, again, I want to hear what you want to do, what you, me to do with this. Um, it should be, like I said, it should be a conversation. So, uh, yeah. First one in the can. Woo. <laughs> And you come up with a better name for the show. <laughs> I'm open for that as well. Anyway, thank you guys for listening to me ramble this first episode. And uh, we'll be back more next week. And we will have a lot of stuff coming up again. Um, uh, we, in theory, have some folks lined up to do interviews. Uh, there's a lot of Kansas City filmmakers. A lot of people do a lot of horror and science fiction here in town. I'd love to have some of them on the show. Uh, we've talked about doing stuff like that before. Maybe be able to do something a little more along the lines of um, some of the more interview-based shows we've had in the past. Uh, maybe bring a little bit of that in. Again, the format could be can, can do quite a few different things. So thank you for listening, folks. I am Tim Harvey. We appreciate you listening to all of our podcasts here on Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Uh, and we will see you next week here on, I guess, The Tim Harvey Show. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2017 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 